0: Guaranteed to be timelier than the latest offerings from CD Projekt Red. Welcome back to Motorsport 101.
1: Welcome to episode 275 of Motorsport 101. And I think Cam is still recovering from that intro sequence. Uh, Cam, you still with me? Speak to me, man. (laughs) Well,
2: uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm just doing just great right now. You we should be lying. doing great
0: because you're you're three shots of alcohol into this recording <laughs> session. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I,
2: don't, I don't have the bathrobe, unfortunately, anymore. Uh, it was.
0: If you have a problem with drinking, uh, we encourage you to seek help, of course. But I, it just—I I can't get over it. how how in his element
1: Cam is right now.
2: I'm just disappointed that I didn't have a victory cigar.
1: You, you, you were almost at Shatland Sharp. You were 75% of the way there. It was a valuable effort, I have to say. I don't know. I'm, uh,
2: I'm, kind of, I'm missing the Super Bowls, too, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, yeah it doesn't help. Oh,
2: Jay, how it's, are uh, you? I'm, j- I'm just like the Cowboys. I'll take you anywhere <sighs> in the world you want to go, except the Super Bowl.
0: Um, oh. <laughs> as a as a fan of a certain team based in western New York that almost moved north of the border of Toronto. Uh, I can relate to that. Can we get Algarve back? Can we get Portemouth back on the calendar full-time soon, please? I really like that place.
1: Decent. It was a fun little track. It was alright. King, uh, how's the optimism for Portugal? Eh, uh, it, was, it was pretty good.
0: <laughs> it was, it was, it was pretty good. Much it like was, uh, it Portugal's was right. Portugal's Kick, number one club team, Wolverhampton Wolves, they are pretty good, <laughs> just like
1: this race. Oh, dear, oh, dear. I, I love that King's intro was basically like Adam from uh, episodes of Worth It on, on BuzzFeed there. It's just a man of few words, but all of them quality. Um, in this episode, um, as we are already like either tired and or drunk, um, we're going to get through <laughs> episode 275, uh, talking about f- well the return of Formula One to Portugal, the, the, uh, the Grand Prix at Portimao, We'll break down some of the nuance of it. And sadly, a weekend that was dictated by, unfortunately, one ugly incident in practice. That um, no, we'll get into that. Yeah, it wasn't really, really dictated
3: by that, unless you were, like, on the
1: internet. Unfortunately, well, King, we are. We're terminally yeah, online yeah. people. You know how this story goes. Um, but uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Lewis Hamilton making some history... Um, some wildness and silly season as we got another big piece of the domino falling as uh, Haas announced they were clearing the decks of their current drivers. Um, a little bit of talk about the F1 future calendar and a, a salary cap for the drivers. Just when you thought the cost cap situation couldn't get any more interesting. More on that in the next forty-five minutes or so. But in the meantime, places you can find us real quick, and I'll try and get through this one relatively quickly because if you've got the audio version, you've probably already heard this once already. But places uh, you can find us: hi, if you're watching us on YouTube, if um, again on the screen as our last, is our Twitter accounts. If not. At Harrison101, um, at RJ O'Connell, at Ryan Eric King, and at CBuckley917. If you want to follow our Twitter handles there, the podcast Twitter is at Motorsport101, so Motorsport101, I should say. Um, we could also, you can also catch us um, on Instagram at Motorsport101Pod. You can follow us on there for updates on, we- on new episodes and whatnot, and some bonus content every once in a while. Um, our website, motorsport101.com, that talks in depthly about the oh, one of these issues we'll get to very, very briefly. Um, and we can back us financially on Patreon if you really like us, patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. $5 gets you early access for all of the audio v- versions of the show. Upgrade to the $10 uh, tier for the video episodes as well as the supporters club of our Discord server where you can listen to these episodes live as they're being recorded. Um, So while Karen wrestles his dogs outside, we'll be back after this to talk God. about... Formula One's Portuguese Grand Prix. <sighs> September 8th,
0: 1995. Baltimore Orioles shortstop Cal Ripken Jr. broke Lou Gehrig's record of 2,130 consecutive Major League Baseball games played. It was ESPN broadcaster Chris Berman who worked, remarked at the time, let it be said that number 8 Cal Ripken Jr. has reached the unreachable star. And it was a similar feeling on the afternoon of October 25th, 2020 when Lewis Hamilton won the Portuguese Grand Prix at the Algarve International Circuit in Portimao, taking the 92nd win of his career, and surpassing Michael Schumacher's record of 91 victories, which many all thought would never be surpassed. And now we're left to wonder, how many more will Hamilton go on to achieve? How many more races can he win before his career is over? It wasn't quite as straightforward as the 25-second gap to teammate Valtteri Bottas in second would suggest. Even as Hamilton dominated the latter three quarters of the race, we had a chaotic start on a cold, damp track that left Hamilton stunned as Carlos Sainz's McLaren Renault surged to the lead from seventh oh on the grid, and even <laughs> Alfa Romeo's Kimi Raikkonen drove up 10 places from 16th to sixth. The rest of the race wasn't as chaotic, but it was still a moment of levity for those needing a temporary reprieve from the inevitable dominance (laughs) of Mercedes-AMG Formula 1 team. Behind the two Mercedes, Matt Verstappen finished third for Red Bull, having somehow escaped culpability for ableist comments directed towards Racing Points Land Stroll after an incident-free practice, too. Stroll then came to blows with Lando Norris in the race, who has somehow received a little bit more heat for some critical comments about Stroll's driving that weren't couched in mean-spirited rage. Plus, dime a dozen comments about Hamilton's success of a top-tier ride, which in reality were much like Roberto Guerrero in the 1992 Indianapolis 500, in that they were a non-starter. And this is before we get to career midfielder Vitali Petrov only standing down from his role as the guest driver steward, not for being called to task on recent idiotic homophobic comments made in response to Lewis Hamilton's uh, activism, but after the assassination of his father in Russia. Charles Leclerc and Sebastian Vettel finished in the points for Ferrari. Pierre Gasly celebrated fifth place with a new contract extension with Alfatore. Sergio Perez won Driver of the Day for Racing Point with his future up in the air. And we're now on what seems to be the 29th chapter of the weekly debate Is Alexander Albon damaged goods after a torrid race left him down in 12th? Overall, I'm feeling a right. decent to strong sits on this race. Yep, yeah. I will give it a. My, uh, uh
2: a quality yeah yeah i'm going to give it a 6 yeah, yeah. it's it's so a mild shame i wanted, I wanted shame to fast. give it more i wanted to give it more this track was incredibly fun to watch the cars go around but as far as the racing product kind of a nothing burger i mean yeah. the the racing was good but then you
3: get into like the problem at at the front where it's like you can't really race when there's no one to race yeah.
2: yeah, the gaps between the cars were pretty uh, pretty expansive, and despite the insane first lap where we had Carlos Sainz swarming and passing both Mercs... Go on, uh, bootstrap
0: Signs. Go on and get them!
2: <laughs> anyways, I just started licking. Um, um. <laughs> okay, look, look, we know Carlos, for all of his problems off the track, is phenomenal on... But it didn't really last very long, because once the medium tires came up to temperature, they ran him down, and the soft tire runners dropped through the field like a bag
0: of dirt. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it it made for a good photo op for McLaren, I'll say that. Yeah, first
1: and third at one point. Dre, um,
0: Dre, I want to ask you, you know, because the big story of the race, Lewis Hamilton broke Michael Schumacher's record. A lot of us thought that would never be touched. And I know we touched on it when he tied the record last time out. Um, Dre, just briefly your reaction to Lewis Hamilton becoming Formula 1's winningest driver and potentially the
1: first man to reach 100 sometime down the road. I mean, seven consecutive ten win seasons will do that to you. It's it's, it's incredible. I've joked about it many a time. I never thought this record would go down. Um, I thought it was untouchable. I stand by this and look I was right for a very long time on this one um, um, but it, it, it is crazy to see it. I mean you know it, it's incredible to see it go down so quick and you know you you never you could have imagined someone winning 92 grand Prix in 263 starts. I mean it was Josh Wilcock to point out on Twitter afterwards he now has a better win percentage than Jim Clark. And Clark had like two. Unprecedented. Uh, Clark was an unprecedented freak of a driver that had about two hundred less Formula One starts. I mean, that's just it's uh, it's utterly ridiculous what we're seeing right now. And he he makes it look so easy at times, and we we take it for granted sometimes because, of course, yeah, like there was a little bit of validity in what Lando was saying off the track in that, yeah. On paper, maybe he only is facing one or two cars, but it's Valtteri it Bottas goes. and Max Verstappen, and that's the that's the way the sport is. That's the way the sport's always been for for the most part. And you know, it's it doesn't take anything away from the incredible consistency, dominance, and just all round inc- like the most talented driver we may have ever seen in our yeah. lives. At the, the end of the day,
2: car. you know, if races if races were only run on paper, the same guy would win every week. The same mm, team yeah. would win every week, yeah. and while yeah. that is kind of the case in F one right now, <laughs> that's why you run the races. Yeah. yeah, look at it like this: going into two thousand six, would a single person on earth have put money on Nikki Hayden defeating Valentino Rossi for that title?
1: No. Not a chance, no. not a prayer, and, and yet, so it you know, so it was. It's it's an unbelievable accomplishment he's gonna go to three figures Like it's up to him really how far he wants to take this and how much distance he wants to put himself, I know the big one is still in sight for him and that's world title number 8 which would you bet against him to get that by the end of next year, I know I certainly no. wouldn't no. Um, and you know, it, it it's, it's an incredible accomplishment, it's uh, a, a box ticked I'm glad that even the British press back here uh, acknowledged it. Probably more than they did. It's weird, because Formula One acknowledged the tie-in of the record a lot more last week as opposed to this week. Although, whoever did the stop-motion video of his 92 wins, gold star to that person. Um, yeah, gold star for putting
0: in photos of Nico Rosberg's wins somewhere in there. <laughs> Is that... Well, the look, sub- Nico. Sunday? Nico
2: was a big part of Lewis's career. You know but
1: uh, yeah I ever mean, did yeah. that great fair bait to him, but I'm glad the British press back here you know Hamilton actually made the front page of the Guardian on Monday for for his 92nd career win which I thought wow that's something I never thought of. I would see the Guardian stick you know sticking a black sportsman on the front of its paper um, yeah. that, that does not happen you're very often the, let me assure you um, you're here for
2: you're here for the achievements and not for the activism unfortunately
1: yeah yeah, yeah but uh it, I'm glad it's getting acknowledgement. I'm glad there's been talk of a knighthood. You know, it, it should be in the UK as far as I'm concerned. It's lawman Rashford. Him um, and
0: Rashford for what Rashford's doing single-handedly to help impoverished children
1: in the United Kingdom more than, you know, the United Kingdom's own government. No kidding. And look, yeah, he was given an MBE on the Queen's birthday on us this last week for those who are maybe not in in touch with British culture so much, but uh, yes, we did find it quite funny. A lot of people joked on Twitter yesterday about how it's looking like sports personality of the year in the UK, but the BBC is going to be a lock between two outspoken humanitarian black men, and the amount of danger that would be in the office trying to figure out who wins that award. Um, So that'll be fun at the BBC. But um, yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm glad it's been acknowledged and it is a phenomenal achievement, and it's it's only going to get pushed into the stratosphere even further by the time Hamilton's said and done. I reckon so. There'll be there'll be a lot more to come. However, we'll be talking about that in three digits very soon. Yeah. If, if yeah, Lewis that...
3: Hamilton can't get a knighthood with with seven world championships and like Ben Ainsley can get a knighthood with like four <laughs> Olympic gold medals in sailing,
0: something's real wrong here. And this a is coming hair. for the sailing expert of the podcast.
2: Noted sail GP expert, Ryan Eric King. Noted America's
0: <laughs> Cup coverage and expert. Yeah, no, I will that, say... When that I, hits the I,
2: mainstream, we're going to be the first there. So we make the big time, baby.
0: <laughs> I do got to say, though, more Formula One car launches should be inaugurated by cracking a bottle of champagne over the engine cover. <laughs>
1: Not sure the oh. engineers would approve of that one, but um, <laughs> but oh
2: my God. Um, I, I, now I'm just thinking of when uh, when when Vettel and Weber stickered up a car as a promotion, and the stickers were just all over the place. <laughs> Porter says, "I don't know if the Arrow guys will be too happy about this."
0: <laughs> Every oh, 2.9 races he enters, Lewis Hamilton wins. That's a
1: stunning 2.9. 2.9! Yeah. It's just utterly ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. Uh, it looks like we can dodge this bullet no longer. Um, it was second on our list of bullet points. Now, uh, on a serious level, consider this a content warning. The following is going to be a discussion on some unfortunately rather unsavoury ableist language and terms used. Please look after yourselves. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Um, Please be careful out there and look after yourselves. Um, Just Mm. consider this a warning. Um, In fact, what I will do once this video goes up, I will put a timestamp to skip if you do not feel comfortable listening to this segment so bear that in mind um that'll be down in the description below and i'll leave it in the audio description as well so um yeah if you by all means skip this one if you're not comfortable um Unfortunately, a lot of the weekend's talk was uh, unfortunately dominated after Friday's running in free practice 2, and it was an incident between Max Verstappen and Lance Stroll. Um, they both were fighting for the same piece of road into turn 1. Unfortunately, I think it was Stroll on the outside that turned into Max's path, and they... Both hit each other and took each other out uh, at turn one. Both were given a reprimand by the stewards afterwards for generally being very naughty boys. Um, unfortunately, it's practice. we're talking yeah. about practice. Yeah, exactly. Um, unfortunately, there was a uh, there was a broadcasted radio message that um, that made its way into the media center, which was very quickly published, understandably. Um, now again I use these terms only in context This is directly what Max had said but he referred to Lance as a retard and a mongol and let me just say as a disclaimer and I think everyone in this room would agree with me here these are slurs these should not be used yep. under any context or circumstance they are horrible words used to Dismiss, judge, discriminate against people on the autistic spectrum, mental illnesses. It goes; the list is very, very long, unfortunately. And it's it's a word that hurts people. They're words that hurt people, and it really, really is unacceptable. There is no right context those terms should ever be used as far as i'm concerned and i i thought for a little bit too much self-indulgence but i I did write a piece about this on the website on born on.com, if you want to read a little bit more i went into it on a, on a personal level about how those terms have affected me because it is something that i've personally um had to deal with on a personal level for those guys who don't know me very well i was born with a speech and language impediment as well as not finding out I had ASD, or more commonly known as Asperger's Syndrome, until I was 17 years old. Um, It is a word that has been thrown at me on many occasions in places like my high school and, you know, other places. Unfortunately, kids are mean. They will use those terms. Um, It is not okay. It is never okay to use those terms in any way, shape, or form. And as we've always said on this show... This we believe this is a show for everyone and no matter how you identify or or how whatever you're going through, we should not be using those terms and we are strongly against that in any way, shape, or form. And it 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 was infuriating to see some of the backlash regarding that and <sighs> Just the just for me, what was the most uh, frustrating thing was that like it was just completely glossed over by the time we got to Sunday. There
2: was it hmm. wasn't the the backlash because there was what people people were very angry at Max over oh, yeah. these terms, I understand but in music. equal in, in equal percentage and perhaps more people either brushed it off, as you said, glossed it over, or oh. actively encouraged it because well, he's wearing his heart on his sleeve. Fuck off! Because you know Lando what? Norris you proved on angry. Sunday. Yeah, you, you can get you angry about a million different ways, and you don't need to use language like that. And you know, like,
3: I, I think a lot of the reason why, like, there wasn't any impetus to respond as compared to what happened to Lando Norris is that. What Lando did happened on a Sunday, and what Max did happened on a Friday. Fun, like if if you're watching or following Formula One on a Friday, you are you are in a very very small minority of people.
0: Yeah, I get that. Right? I I'm same, not so I sure get, about that. I it get was... that at the same time. Like I, it doesn't matter whether you say it on a fr- on a Friday free practice in like the first few minutes of the installation laps. Or if it's in the middle of FP Tudor and race simulation, or if it's on the last lap of the race itself. That's not an okay thing to say on the radio, knowing that that's going to be broadcasted for yeah. n- a number of publications to run ad nauseum and right yeah, articles say, I about I disagree.
2: I, I, I kind of disagree, King, because it was plastered everywhere. Every outlet covered this.
1: Yeah, it was, Luke Smith um, was right. Luke Smith Autosport was on it within seconds. Like, yeah, he, he, like this was
2: this was not something that would be glossed over via timing. Especially because given how many people are on Twitter these
1: days.
2: It. Yeah. Yeah, especially with the reach of social media and I mean when you compare it to When you compare it to Lando's comments later. And, I, mean, uh, I, think
0: could, I could see how people could read into what Lando says that he's jealous that a Black British man broke all these records in a good is, car. I don't see. I don't
2: see that because Lando has been one of the most staunch supporters of BLM in the F1 paddock. Yeah, he's been very vocal about this. Yeah. But, and but and the person me, yeah. who the person who was in his mentions and I she was verified. I don't remember her name. Look. Every time you don't, there's someone not calling Lewis Hamilton a god, you're in their mentions calling them racist. That th- th- there's nothing to gain by saying that.
1: It's not helpful. Look, it, 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 let me just say on the record because I was one of these people that was involved in that. Um, it doesn't help. If anything, it adds more fuel to the fire of people that are dismissive of race issues in motorsport in the first place. Um, we it, can't it, just go. It undermines much- your own point. Exactly. As, as much as there are many racial issues within, within motorsport that need to be discussed on the largest platform, this is not one of those occasions. Yeah. There was there was enough validity in Lando's comments, in my opinion, as well as his previous track record in handling delicate subject matters like mental health and the Black Lives Matter movement in general. That there was enough there for me to to say with confidence that the criticisms of Hamilton was not based on race. Mm. And and I'd be shocked if that was his intention. I really, really don't think that was his intention. Yeah. I would mm-hmm. say that with with strong confidence on that. And, and plus the beef and, with him and
0: Stroll, it's just like, it's whatever. These young kids are going to beef just like Ocon and Verstappen did a couple of years back. Look, look if you get, uh, we didn't actually talk about this, but Land-
2: Stroll basically did a mirror version of what he did to Verstappen. Ruined Lando's race. Took himself out of the race.
0: I mean, bold Look, move to try and set it up the outside. Bold move. <laughs> yeah, and I like no. and I love me some and Lando. I love me some Lance stroll more than most, but not as much as when the of wrong Lance side stroll. But yeah, uh, it was he, a w- he rough went the wrong race. side. Point is though, Lando had his
2: race ruined by someone. You're gonna be a little salty. But yeah, a much and there was better no... Max, there was yeah. no comments on the level of what Max yeah. said, and the fact that Max's comments were arguably celebrated by some people, there's no fucking place. Yeah, like...
3: Like, my... My responses to was directly pointed at, you know, on the set list to, to the reaction to what first happened. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, generally... There wasn't one. Yeah, there, there wasn't one. Like, for, for the most part, like, I would expect the FIA to do what they did with Chris in the past for his past transgressions, where he has an issue an apology, he gets fined, and he also has to serve community service. Uh, there's like, well, nothing happened.
2: Keep in mind, this is the same guy who, during the We Don't Actually Race as One movement started, said, well, racism is a difficult subject. It's
0: complicated. It's complicated. (laughs) Matt Sversappen has very skewed sociopolitical views. And it's a shame because I want to like a guy that's that's as entertaining to watch on the track just for his driving 80 to 90 percent of the time is Max Verstappen the problem is you can tell that he is not a driver that was raised with love Unfortunately, he has leaned into a lot of his father's bad behavior and taken it on as his own and I don't know when he's going to come out of that or if he is ever going to come out of that phase and that's what's so upsetting
3: because what yeah, I should really know like, better than this
0: yeah it's like
3: it's it's fine to insult another driver in the heat of the moment due to an accident, but it's never okay to use a slur. There are ways to Look, insult
2: people without using slurs. Yeah. Look, regarding regarding Max's upbringing, because that's clearly a part of this, we know we know by now a lot of, you know, how Yoss Verstappen is as a person, as a father, yeah. etc. Mm-hmm. On one hand... One way or another, we're all products of our environment, whether we use that to, whether we become, you know, a direct product of that and we come out unchanged. Yeah. But at the same time, we're living in 2020. The whole, all the information in the world is available in your pocket. Right. Just from, or from going around the world. You can step up and rise above being a product of your environment, especially when it comes to how you treat other people. Yeah, so. and like
3: arguments like that, like saying it's due to his upbringing, is fine when you're still a teenager. Even up to like, you're he's 19. not anymore. Yeah, he's 23 years
2: old. He's an adult He's a, a grown man at 23. Yeah, yeah. It's like, really weird thinking that Max
0: Verstappen is 23. Yeah, he's been in the sport for six years and he unfortunately still has a lot of work to come uh as as a person and as a driver and we don't want to talk about that because we've probably spent as much time talking about this as the all-time wins record coming down we don't want to spend the show like this but we kind but we're obligated to
3: yeah we
2: we want to be covering positive subjects but 2020 just keeps kicking our ass
1: yeah look look look. I'll, I'll tie up uh, on this because I've not spoken very much about this because honestly, King wanted to make it more about the reaction than unfortunately. Well, I didn't write the didn't set list. Know. Yeah, yeah, and like, I, I understand that, but you know, look this revolves a lot around me. Cause let's be honest, we all know I'm the most outspoken out of the four of us on here. <laughs> like, let's be frank. Um, yeah. and I got, I got wrapped up with a lot of, with a lot of idiots, um, on Friday. And one of them being Jason Plato on, on Sunday when Autosport addressed the yeah. same comment and said, you know, there's absolutely a case. He brought the sport into disrepute, um, on Friday regarding that. And, um it was jason that dis- described the whole story as basically don't be offended uh it's like uh, it's woke nonsense and i, I actually had a conversation with him about it and he actually admitted that a member of his own family um deals with asd and i just found it completely disappointing that he had no empathy whatsoever towards a member of his own family that has to deal with this insulting term that is an incredibly horrible thing to say about People that suffer through other mental illness or autism in general, and it's I, I I was horrified that I was in the middle of this discussion. And he, he 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 made it all about him, where he basically said that oh you know I, I just choose to not let it offend me. Well, thanks Jason, but unfortunately not all of us have that fucking do that. luxury. Like like no. not everyone has that luxury. Unfortunately, I have to deal with this. I have to deal with this every day. And I'm approaching my 30th year of life. And I had multiple people flip that same term and use it on me when I said, don't use that term. Because people on the internet can be dicks. And unfortunately, when you call incidents like this woke nonsense, you're encouraging other people to think it's okay to use those terms when it's not. I wrote this on my blog. There is 171,000 active words in the Oxford Dictionary right now, roughly. You know, about 45,000 of them are words that are no longer in common use. Most reasonable people are basically asking, like, don't use 12 of them. Like, this is not hard, okay? This is not difficult, all most reasonable people are asking is just to tweak a few words out of your vocabulary, on a reasonable level, and yet we still can't even manage that in in the year of our Lord two thousand twenty. It's not it
2: difficult. In- it should not be as difficult as it seems to be for some people to show basic fucking compassion towards other people.
1: It's the you look for the last Dr- time. By the way, people- you're
2: three of three at this point. Between Eddie Irvine, Mark Webber,
1: and now Jason Plato. <laughs> of
2: getting motorsport into Twitter
1: beef. Not, motorsport does not like me, clearly. Um, because this keeps happening, unfortunately. And, and it's frustrating me that I, that I have to keep calling people out for this sort of behaviour. Because it's the only way it's ever going to change. Mm-hmm. It, Absolutely. It, it, it needs people to be told that it's not okay to use these terms. And... You know, I will take that same mental beating a thousand times over if it stops one person from realizing, hey, this is bad and it's not worth using this term. And it's a basic, basic and, and, and human function to be able to just not use it and just Absolutely. look in the mirror and realize, hey, I'm using a term that hurts a large subset of humanity. And it's probably for the best I don't use that term. It's Absolutely. really not as hard as you think, people. Give it a try. You might just be surprised with the outcome. It's not. It's it's easier than you think to not be a piece of shit over this. Honestly, and Max Verstappen is is a walking disappointment, and it's a shame because I've said it. I said it in the written piece. He is a galvanizing force in this sport. He attracts new fans, old fans. He ticks the box for everybody, and he it, is going to not be a the future. Yeah, it's not yeah.
2: a stretch to say that he is one of really
0: three, three or four faces of the sport
2: he is faces of open wheel
0: motorsport in general. And if he used that power for good, if he used that influence for good more often than not, then I think motorsport would be in a much better place than it is now. Yeah, but absolutely. the problem is we have to talk about stuff like this. and I know it's hard because growing up as a person on the autism spectrum disorder And I was subject to a lot of that abuse, and you know, it was easy for one of those words to flow off my tongue like it was hello, and that was a terrible thing that I had to unlearn over years. But eventually, I did. And I I, I, just—it's learn learn from your mistakes.
2: If you've said
1: it in the past, you know what? Just stop saying it. Yeah, it's not hard. It's not hard, and there isn't an excuse anymore. Right. Should we talk about something that's a bit more a bit more interesting in Formula One that doesn't involve upsetting people? That'd be nice. Because um, yeah, silly well, season has
0: arrived,
1: and ah, there we I
0: go. There, there we go. go. That'll do it. Haas is, Haas is sweeping the decks. Uh, Roman Grosjean, Kevin Magnussen not returning to Haas next year. So, fellas, who's in the frame to replace them, and who should they sign?
2: Well, if you believe the rumors, and similarly to IndyCar, half of the employed and unemployed F1 drivers in the
0: world. It could be Nico Hulkenberg, Sergio Perez, Mick Schumacher, Robert Schwartzman, Callum Nikita Mazepin, or it could be, who's in this mug?
3: (laughs) So So the leading, leading rumor at the moment is that Haas will be signing Nikita Mazepin and Mick Schumacher. But again,
0: that's just the leading rumor. This may need we may need to back this up a bit because if you recall, Mick Schumacher was the leading runner for the Alpha seat, but apparently something has changed to where, Sauber, the Sauber side of the Alpha Romeo project, uh, we know they want to keep Kimi, and now they want to keep Giovinazzi as well. Mm. Even it's, though it could just, be
2: yeah.
3: another case where uh, Ferrari have no control over who Ha signs, but they do have the choice of. What like one seat at Alpha? So, by them letting Haas sign McShumacher, open up the chance for
2: them to get more of their junior drivers into F one.
0: Yeah,
3: right.
2: it's a win win in that situation. And uh, man, after uh, after the announcement of his departure, which I kinda, I expected Grosjean to leave zero chill. Zero chill. Um, I I had expected Grosjean to leave because he said at the start of the season, well, he wants to go somewhere where he can actually win. Mm -hmm. Hi, Peugeot LMH project. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, he just started shredding the Haas car on social media. (laughs) Apparently that car's car's aero balance is shifting as much as 4%
0: from corner to corner,
2: (laughs) which is cataclysmic. Dude, oh my that's God.
0: bad, and it makes me wonder like, yeah, I know Roman Grosjean has a rep, Kevin Magnuson has a rep, but if They're they driving would... a shitbox! Yeah, I'm thinking unfortunately, I don't know if an all-rookie lineup is going to be what fits is it. Uh, and they had, they well. acknowledged
2: it last year.
3: And, like, oh, for okay. the most part, it's not like, it doesn't matter next year if they're both rookies, it's Haas is clearly focused on 2022. Yeah.
2: They have to be, because
1: yeah. I mean, it, they acknowledged it last year. Day. Like,
2: yeah, the car's a shitbox, but and they acknowledge like the drivers weren't the problem
1: last year, right? And if, if you're going to clear the decks, now is the time, knowing there is a regulation change in just over a year's time, and you probably want to get your drivers in place now, rather than as the wheel turns for 2022. So if they're going to mm. blow it up, now's the time. And look, I know Nikita Mazepin is about as popular as a horse's ass right now on the land mm. of F1 Twitter, You could do a lot worse than having him in that seat. He is bad as a driver. He's a solid Formula Two level driver. He still has a a good chance of a top three championship spot in Formula Two this year. And at times, he has been very, very quick indeed. I'm not like I think that'd be hard to argue with even the most hardcore of yeah, like like he's one of the quickest dudes in the series. And even the most devout of Callum fans on the internet, mostly (laughs) Twitter would be hard-pressed to deny that the man is quick in, on, on, in certain trims on a certain occasions. You could do a lot worse than a, you know, well-funded, um, pretty quick driver right now in Mazepin. Mick Schumacher is probably the number one prospect on the board from a youth mm-hmm. standpoint. If that was the lineup, I don't think there'd be too many people who are on Twitter. Maybe. <laughs> because... Look, Possibly. overall, that's that's a solid. If you're gonna go with two rookies,
2: two F two prospects, ain't bad.
1: It's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad at all. And
3: like, it's, the was gonna get to Formula One eventually because, like, even what his father wanted to buy, Racing Point,
1: oh, yeah. uh,
3: right, ended up ending up being got
2: got <laughs> bid sniped by Lawrence Stroll
3: by
1: by another <laughs> racing dad. Like, <laughs> yeah. My racing dad could beat up your racing dad <laughs> With money <laughs>
0: my, my racing dad has billions of dollars Oh yeah but my dad has a billion dollars And he you, knows
2: they just Jitsu ha- They just have a showdown In the middle of a wrestling ring Hitting each other with gold bars
1: Right right. This is like last billionaire standing match Like we'll have, a, we'll have a standing 10 billion counts This really um, is end stage capitalism <laughs> By, God, <that's> Carl- <laughs> By God, that's Carlos
0: Slim cashing in his money in the break, break- bank briefcase on George Russell. Oh, oh Lord, yeah. We got up have to talk about Williams.
2: Weeks. Yeah. Williams, is- uh... Well, Williams, or as we now call them, Doralton Racing. <laughs> because things are changing.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of talk that, I mean, when Claire Williams was in charge she was one of the first people to announce that Williams were not going to be changing their driver lineup in 2021. As you can now obviously imagine, things have changed in the the few months since then. Um, And management is looking at the situation, looking at free agency, and realising hey, we might be able to, to, to coax Sergio Perez over. And it's made a lot of people on the internet very twitchy, one in particular being one George Russell, that his seat might be the expendable one, um, if it they is, were to one. bring, yeah, if they were going to bring in Checo, because again, let's be honest here, Williams are pretty crap. They need a lot of money, they need a lot of resources, mm-hmm. and Nicholas Latifi has already got a lot of skin in that game for Williams as it is. Oh, it, yes. it was so never going to be family. him. And so this family, we all know about their background and their skin in the game for Formula One right now. So unfortunately, yeah. George is the odd man out here and it would be Russell that would be sacrificed if Sergio Perez gets that seat, if they're able to talk him into it, basically. It's yeah. been an ever-evolving situation,
0: because apparently they found an outclause in Russell's contract. Ironic, uh, since that's what happened to Perez at Aston Martin. But Total, Wolf again? Saying that, yo, but Total Wolf said, yo, George Russell is going to be on the grid next year. And if he's not, how, we're how does he know basically...
2: Well, uh, funny how it works, because uh, George Russell is not really a Williams driver. He's a Mercedes driver mm-hmm. on loan to Williams. Yeah. And, uh, and the Chelsea F- FC loan right program. now. The problem for him right now is that the discount on engines that Williams get for signing him is not as much as uh, it's not as much money as Perez would bring to the team with his own personal sponsorship.
0: I don't want a to per- 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 Perez fandom against Russell fandom. Man, they should both be in F one together. We need more teams, goddammit, it! But it's not how this works. That's and yeah, it,
2: that's what it boils down to. Is F one doesn't have enough seats for as much talent as is there.
1: Yeah. Look, and it was worth pointing out as well that uh, Toto said, "Look, we're not going to be sneaky about it. We'll still happily supply Williams with power units, even if Russell is not there. It's a separate." Even dealer. though that's that that's, would be a...
3: that's their biggest bargaining chip to keep Russell there. Yeah, right. The thing, like right. It would be kind of bad the publicity. Car. <laughs> um, it would be
2: bad publicity if Williams, if if Mercedes, just like. Well, if you get rid of our driver, we're taking the engine supply contract you signed with us for the next five years. But
3: but that's the
1: thing. George Russell isn't worth that money. Let's be honest. No, he's not. One, he's not worth that money. And two, Toto said, we're honoring that contract. We're not going to break it off or anything like that. He's already said that publicly on the record. Look, I get it. George Russell is is an incredibly exciting talent. And we all know how... Potentially good he could be We all want him to be in a better machine So we know exactly just how good he is um, He probably is He probably is really good um, But unfortunately In the context of where Williams are at as a team Russell is not What they need They need the wrong place at the wrong time And yeah, Williams is yeah. not what Russell needs either Yeah Because yeah. Russell
0: needs something better for his talents to show I think Williams he needs can... money to infuse I think if it worst case scenario, he takes a gap year in twenty one, comes back with a better team in twenty two. Well, the problem maybe, is thinking, who?
2: Yeah, Truffle Where already coming in because there's two there's two options for him. Mercedes seat number one. Mercedes seat number two. Not happening because not happen. racing point. As much Aston as, uh, Martin. in other news, in other news, uh, Aston Martin and, and Mercedes we, now continue. What the, we
0: now know what the AMG stands for. It stands for Aston Martin Gaden.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> they have their drivers because they're never getting rid of Lance Strolls so long as Lawrence owns that team. And Vettel is there for the long term, not only as a driver, but a brand ambassador.
1: Right. There, there's no And, uh, real what it boils easy. down to.
2: Yeah. Go ahead, Dre.
1: I was saying, there's no, there's no real easy point of entry for Russell to get back in, and that's the whole point. Unless he walks away from Mercedes altogether as a, as a, as a supplier and he goes it alone, which again might be risky in its own right in terms of what the resources Mercedes can give him. I know Toto's I mean, made the claim that it doesn't the point get a way back in F1. No. Well, when I, when I was,
2: what do you reckon, King?
3: Well, the sign that he might have a way back in is the fact that. Uh, Valtteri Bottas, when he re-signed for next year, signed a one-year deal.
2: He's been on rolling one-year contracts. No, no, he's on
3: the Kimmy Rocket uh, plan.
0: When that he was fir- on one year
3: last year. Nope the the contract before then
1: was a three-year deal. His first contract at Mercedes was a three-year deal. He's right because I remember writing about this. He was he was being, he's been on rolling one-year deals for a for a couple years now. Um, no, he hasn't. I have the press release. No, no it was. It oh, was
2: 2000s, it was 17 18 19 and then he signed a one year for this year and then a one year for
1: next year. Okay, okay. I'm uh, I've got the years one out one out basically, you know. We all were all wrong. It's okay. <laughs> yes, it's, <laughs> apart from King. <laughs> um, but uh, no, what I was going to say is, is that look Going by Toto Wolf's word is a dangerous game because Toto has let people down before when he's made similar claims. Like, I have like a friend of the show, Pat, who who you may know as a guest here before, Patrick Ofsted who said, "quote You know, Toto's like the worst sugar daddy imaginable. And I literally nicknamed him and called him a splendor Daddy because he, he's. he's he, he, like, it's just. A sweet, a sweet
2: and low daddy.
1: <laughs> it's just, a stevia he, Daddy. He's not, because <sighs> he's. He's he's he, he shopped Esteban Ocon out to people a year ago, and no one would take the budge on this. He's done this with Pascal Ville, and he made assurances to Pascal. Every would be Mercedes okay and he didn't. It, Every uh, Mercedes Junior
2: driver has uh, ended up outs- has ended up having to
1: leave Mercedes program eventually. It doesn't work. They're too good to have a functional academy and not have ties to anyone else in the grid they can loan people out to, like Ferrari potentially does, and obviously Red Bull does have in its own right. So, it's, it, 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 well, it's messy. they Mercedes had a
2: chance to have a B team, and
1: then very well, died.
2: But the thing is, and like
3: from, from a factory team perspective... The main reason you have a B-team is for development purposes. For, for, yeah. for right. car development purposes. They clearly don't need that. They have the best
2: team
1: yeah. in the sport. They have the best car we've ever well, seen. yes and no. <laughs>
2: and as well, if Russell can't get a seat in F1, Mercedes has plenty of exterior programs, a whole lot of GT3 cars that would be happy to have him.
0: Yeah, and that would basically be giving up on a guy who is one of the handful of rookie Formula Two champions that we have. But I mean, because the same thing happened with Stoffel Van Dorn. Because I, that's I, yeah, not yeah, as a, a Stoffel
2: Van Dorn in- fan, and the thing is, I know this pain. Mercedes has done this
3: before. Where hey, we're going to keep someone in the academy, but take them out of F one. And Pascal Verlein went back to DTM, and
2: it, and, it was a and he came to back. Nowhere. Yeah, and then he and then he left again. And now he's with my boys.
1: Yeah.
2: On the other side of of Stuttgart.
1: It's a messy one, to say the least. Nah. It's it's
2: just another example of F1 is not necessarily a meritocracy, and there's not enough seats. That, when money comes a-knockin', sometimes talent pays the price. Yeah, and... No kidding. Driver academies are not designed for the driver's best
3: interest, they're designed for the academy's best interest. (laughs) <laughs> Interest, pretty
1: much, much like a much like a youth academy for something.
2: All that right. sweet, sweet brand equity.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, always helps. We want this guy. So the other guy can't use him. Very um,
0: quickly, uh, King. We now have a driver salary cap.
3: Yes what? and no. So basically, reading through it for a team starting in 2023. That's important. It's still a decent amount of time off. Teams will now be limited to a maximum of spending $30 million in total on both their drivers. Uh, they are allowed to overspend over the cap, but it eats out of the that
1: their normal cost cap for the rest of their spending. Okay, so, and also it's worth pointing out that if anybody is on an existing contract when it goes into 2023, that previous deal will be honoured. Employment law basically um, We can't just come into 2022 And suddenly tell Lewis Hamilton Oh sorry about that, that deal you signed A couple of years ago um, There's a pay cut now sorry Yeah. Um, so, expect a lot of long term deals In 2022 Exactly
2: As currently Was it the only driver Whose contract wouldn't expire that is currently active would be what Charles Leclerc's long term deal with Ferrari. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Charles, Le- Charles Leclerc, who signed the five year deal at the end of last season, his goes on to 2024. I think Max's might be right on the line. I think Max signed a four year deal last year. So, um, yeah, it basically, um, the only person this is not going to bother right now is Charles Leclerc. But obviously, I'm, as King pointed out, there'll be there'll be long term deals put in place. We're going to get um, these long term the, deals in. The, in, the, in and we're going to backload <laughs> these suckers <laughs> Oh yeah. Like we're trying to circumvent an NHL will, salary uh, cap.
2: I now christen this the Daniel Ricardo rule.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, I can't take credit was, for that. That was King's copyright. Um yeah. King's gonna sue you. Um <laughs> I but, don't see
2: I don't see no copyright symbol on it. No.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> so I call mean. this the
3: Ricardo rule because Renault literally unloaded the bank to sign Dan Ricardo, and Dan Ricardo ended up being the highest paid employee at Renault, Nissan. And Mitsubishi, every
2: every company in the line. Well, are you sure? Are you sure that another employee might not be st- taking some extra money under okay. the table?
3: He was legally the
0: highest paid employee. <laughs> 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 it
1: always comes back to Carlos going. To there's, right. a, there's an asterisk yeah. there somewhere. It's important. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. Look, I am always the guy that says get these athletes paid as much as possible. So I'm a little bit gutted about that to a degree, but I can understand why it's in place. And look, for every team bar the big three, $30 dollars should be more than enough to cover both of their uh, drivers in terms of their especially salary. factoring so in the cost cap overall ex- for their teams. Exactly, yeah, because so, off you know, the top of my
3: mind, only three dudes themselves went to the salary cap. And it was Hamilton, Vettel, and Ricardo, which kind of shows you why this rule became a thing.
1: Yeah. Big name, big money. Because if they had known that the driver salaries didn't come under the current cap, as King pointed out, their salaries would most likely skyrocket. Because they they can just just give their drivers whatever the hell they want, knowing they've probably saved costs elsewhere by having this cap in place. Um. Yeah. So yeah, probably for the best that that's in play on the grand scheme of things. And like I said, thirty mil should be more than enough for most of the teams in the paddock anyway. And particularly Red Bull as well because they tend they have a tendency to underpay their factory dudes once they get into the sports. Hooray for academies! Anyway, um. Finally, before red we Red Before we wrap this up as well, that we're starting to get some rumored tidbits about the twenty twenty one calendar. We, we did kind of allude to released, it last it. week.
0: We, too, we alluded to it last week that like we're gonna have a twenty three race calendar, we're gonna have a Saudi Grand Prix, we're gonna have a Brazilian Yay. Grand Prix that's not our new Lagos, but at the Bolsonaro Drome. <sighs> Whatever. Fine. Yeah. What else yeah, is there? I'm not uh
2: I'm not I'm not thrilled with the changes. But Money, the F one is going to chase the money. Yeah, a, lo- a lot of people aren't thrilled about the changes, including Amnesty International. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We race as one. Wait, how many human ri- vi- rights violations do you have? so well, if
3: it, it went through to be,
0: every venue on the Formula One grid, we would be here a long time. To, to be, to be brief... Segment.
3: Amnesty International warned Formula 1 not to let Saudi Arabia use their race as an attempt to sports-watch their international image in front of a worldwide audience, and they have no problem with Formula 1 racing in Saudi Arabia. They just want it to be clear that uh, la- like labor standards are followed, that teams... Drivers and personnel are allowed to voice their opinions about Saudi
2: Arabia freely. And Isn't this the country where if you talk about the problems of the country, you might get chopped up? Uh, yeah, and
3: Amnesty International, yeah. a- International noted that while Saudi Arabia has made uh, a number of changes in recent years, activists are still being jailed, and maybe it'd be yeah. convenient if if a driver or two said,
2: something about this during the race weekend. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for most of the grid to not do that. <laughs> 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 exactly. We don't
1: know that ain't happening. Sold that.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: But uh, that will just about do it for our Formula 1 episode. It's annoying that we wouldn't have a slightly better race to talk about and end up being dominated by some idiot. But unfortunately, that's how these episodes run sometimes. Sorry about that. Um, hopefully, we'll be brighter in uh, I guess, uh, well next week because we have the Imola Grand Prix this weekend. The Emilia-Romagna GP, um, to borrow one from MotoGP. I've been learning. Two day special, two day weekend, as you may know, may or not know why. Now Saturday practice, ninety minute session in the morning, straight into the qualifying, and it's a two day weekend. That could be fun, right? Maybe
2: uh, yeah, it should hopefully help the logistics of uh,
1: for the teams. Yeah. Might be hopefully. pushing it there. Might be pushing it there just a touch. Um, as, as, as they would say in certain video games, uh, Imola-looking kind of sus. Um, but uh, in the meantime, basically you can find us real quick one more time, youtube.com forward slash motorsport101, facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. Twitter handle's on the screen, at motorsport underscore 101 on Twitter, at motorsport101pod on Instagram, and patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. I've been Dre Harrison, been RJ O'Connell, Cam Barkley, and Ryan Eric King. We'll be back very shortly, in times of real time recording anyway, to talk about MotoGP uh, and their second race at Aragon. And that was uh, a a fun one if your name is Frankie. uh, Because Frankie said relax, again. Until then, I've been Dre Harrison. Thanks very much for watching or listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Sayonara!
0: Later, y'all! Now I gotta go climb into a vent.
1: <laughs> Bye. <laughs> you
2: know, Emily be Emily be looking kinda sus, but Lewis's wing coat be looking kinda thick.
1: <laughs> oh